Hello and welcome back to the Game of Time podcast. I am joined this week by George. Say hello. Hello. How are you doing, George? Yeah, good. I realised that hello sounded kind of like you're answering the phone and, it's not, and you're not sure if anyone's there. <laughs> hello? No, I, d- I don't want any. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been good, thanks. Uh, cool, cool. It's uh, just going to be the two of us this week because uh, we've had everyone's been a bit busy and uh, we've had to record on a different day. So, just the two of us. I should also say, if you can hear chirping in the background, it's just my budgies. It's during the day rather than in the evening, and they're a bit confused as to why I'm talking to nobody. <laughs> uh, so, there's that. Uh, so, on uh, this this time's podcast, we're going to talk about Beholder, which is a cool indie game that George has been playing. We're going to discuss uh, which games make good TV series because of the whole Ubisoft having a Netflix series that cropped up earlier this month and then we're going to have a board game section where we're going to chat some board games and maybe recommend something to each other as well no one to tell us no so we can talk about board games all we like <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> super so we'll, we'll start off with beholder george tell me all about it it looks really interesting and a bit dark yeah so that's the thing it's a it is a very bleak game and the, ge- the general idea is you you're a landlord um a basically yeah, a state-employed landlord in this sort of eastern european uh, communist block country, but you know, you know, it's uh, kind of unclear as to which one it is. Just that kind of whole sort of uh, theme, I guess. That's the yeah. So kind of you're in, uh, basically, you get assigned this uh, this state housing block and told uh, that you're you're overseeing it, and you arrive and you move in with your family. And just as you arrive, the previous landlord is taken away by the uh, state police. Uh, and sort of, and has been told that you know, and you're told that he failed in his job, and you're handed his keys. And basically, it's your job to look after the tenants and essentially spy on them for for the state. And you're given right. Uh, you're given missions, and you'll from the uh, some sort of bureau who will call through and tell you that they want a certain person profiled, or they, yeah, or or they don't like one of your tenants and that it's you you need to evict them somehow and so basically you're it's very it's a slight it's a bit like a sort of basically it's a sort of anthill style game a bit like the XCOM home base or uh kind of those mobile games and so you have the cross section of the of the apartment block and you you live at the basement and then you you move people in and uh, make rent, and you kind of and you and you watch them, and basically they all, and so you, you're just there the whole time because that's yeah. that's your job. Uh, and so you wait for them. To... Did you do you have like an avatar that you play as, or are you just so omnipresent? Yeah. So you so everyone has you 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 kind of click, and your little guy right. will move around, and it's got a really lovely art style. Everything's kind of slightly sepia and grey, and then uh, people are very sort of stylized. Um, Kind of black shadows yeah. almost, with kind of big, <coughs> big eyes, and yeah, basically, so you're you're just there constantly, and you'll wait for people to go to work, and then you sneak into the house and install right. cameras and listening devices, and so basically you're constantly watching, and you might be trying to follow missions specifically from the state, and or as and you talk to your tenants and you get right. to know them, and they might you know give you a give you a mission like uh this this guy moves in and he's a he's a sort of renowned doctor but he's really lonely and he asks you to find him a companion and then you you find some some woman who's put a put an ad right. in the classified saying that she's looking for a companion and you hook <laughs> him up and so that's the and this and and so yeah it's it's a very sort of morally questionable game because you're like do i want you know do i obey the state and just spy on all these people and uh, profile them and you know potentially treat mm. them quite badly, or you can try and protect them from from the machinations of this evil government somehow. Though it's quite difficult, but more often than not, your life is quite difficult. Like your family don't like you that yeah. much. It seems like it's it's weird. Like you're you're always being your wife is particularly unhappy that you've been moved there, and so is often quite critical of you. And then you're, and so you're trying to manage, not just the apartment block, but your family, and then your relationships with the people that are living in the, the apartment. Cool. Block. It sounds 
interesting. Like it sounds a bit like um, yeah, Orwell that I talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. That sort of interesting take on like what the government's like doing and how much information they're collecting on us, but maybe in a slightly more totalitarian way than Orwell's kind of. I don't know. It sounds a bit. While Orwell is dark, it's not got the same darkness of like Dave hires someone who runs your hotel block. It's but rather than it like being done through the internet, it's kinda of done through a person who is there in your like your landlord is Yeah, and so that's the thing, like where you you have a very like you have a direct relationship with the people that you're being told to spy on. Yeah. Like so one of the first people you move in with is uh like this really sweet old couple and they're like the first people that live there. And you start off with basically I think three tenants there's this old couple and then there's this shady guy who's the sort of first sort of person that the game gets you to you know right. evict and they make it quite easy because they're like oh he's a he's a drug dealer and so at first you're like oh i don't feel too bad because this guy's yeah. kind of shady and you know you like you sne- if you sneak into his room you can find like a weapon under his bed right. and sort it's... of stuff like that and so you get rid of him but then uh and you're and you in the game off and you'll be asked to go around the apartment and ask what all the tenants think of so and so and so it's, and so you're like oh, okay you know i don't mind getting rid of him too much uh but then yeah and then, but then decisions become harder and harder because you get to know certain tenants and some you won't like and you'll you'll you know you'll uh, abuse your power and be like i'm not too bothered that they're being yeah. taken away and some people are like, oh god, I don't, I don't want. Yeah, to do that's that. what I was gonna ask. Is like, can you sort of abuse your power in it? Like, just sort of take against certain people because you don't like them, right? Um, yeah, basically, you you can. So, ba- you a bit like you mentioned in Orwell, where you're kind of looking for those highlighted yeah. words. There, there's a similar thing where there are sort of highlighted objects, and so you, if you're searching through their apartment and you find a knife, you can it'll have a little like red thing that says like weapon and you can click on it and it will kind of log that to your profile of them. Yeah. And so you, and that's the thing, you gather all this information, but then it, you can choose what to pass on. Cause in, uh, cause in, yeah, in a very sort of bureaucratic way, you have to fill out paperwork whenever you want to make a report and you have to go down to your desk and it'll be, and say, if you say you want to uh, have yeah. someone arrested, like you, you have to fill out this sort of form. <laughs> It'll be like their name, you know, what apartment they live in, and then information you found on them, and then what direct, like government directives yeah. they've broken. And then they, because like each, so, we, so like each day there'll be new laws. So it'll be like jeans are right. illegal. It is illegal to be found with, uh, you know, certain music or books by this person right. are illegal. And then so you go, oh well, they broke directive. 6041 on the that was issued on the yeah the 3rd of September and it's this sort of yeah and it does a really good job of basically making this incredibly you know it's this kind of evil evil act in yeah into this sort of mind numbing bureaucratic process which I guess is sounds interesting yeah. it's a um, yeah PC game isn't it yeah so it's on uh, it's on PC uh, on Steam at the moment. No, I think I think it's interesting that you know we probably have more games that perhaps criticise the surveillance state, seeing as uh, the UK just passed the Investigatory yeah. Powers Act. That yeah, that is that will soon be law. It's just waiting to be ratified yeah. by the Queen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would just sort of slid through and uh, all the other nonsense happening at the moment. So we feel overshadowed a bit for many people. Yeah, well, I was thinking, because like, as soon as it got passed, there were lots of papers being like, how did, you know, this law passed with barely, I think I think the Guardian ran with uh, extreme surveillance law passes with yeah. barely a whimper. It's like, well, you're a national newspaper. You <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, nobody's mentioned this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at us, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, it's, it's, it's really good, like, it... it you struggle with a lot of the decisions, uh, but it's kind of gone to a point where I have no idea how to proceed just because it like everything has built up. Like my like I've got two, the family issues which are seem insurmountable, and then I've become caught up in 
dodgy dealings that could get me killed. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was asking, is it yeah. like a roguelike sort of? Like you have like one thing and you go no, through it? No, there's no... You, there's no, you can't yeah. save, but ba- every time you're given a new mission by right. the government, then you get a certain oh, okay. point. So you don't loot completely so if, yeah, all if your you progress. you just happen to make a bad call and get killed, then you don't have to just start again. You just start back a bit ago. Yeah, and I, I don't know how. I don't know if, like sometimes it, it takes you back. You can lose a fair bit of progress, but it doesn't feel too bad because it lets you then reapproach all the decisions that you right, made that okay. got you there. So you can... And I think if the check like so the checkpoints, the fact that they're not super regular isn't necessarily a problem because it does allow you to approach that things cool. that are different. Uh, that sounds interesting. I might have to check that out. It looks good. I assume it'll be on the uh, autumn sale, maybe. It's worth keeping an eye out for, guys. Yeah, might be. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, don't think it's too expensive, but def- definitely, definitely awesome. worth making have a look. Right, uh, yeah, out. keep an eye out for George's full review at some point in the future. Yeah, if I can save my family and... <laughs> hopefully I'll, uh, I'll review he'll out. just get back to playing the game then <laughs> sounded very <laughs> got, got real for a second then <laughs> yeah oh, I know it's like I keep trying to get like I keep buying gifts to my wife but she's not happy my daughter's sick can't afford my son's education <laughs> it's all and to top it off I bought a whole load of cans of mouldy fish that I can't sell <laughs> to be fair that was never a good business venture, surely. Well, I, I, the problem is I didn't oh, know okay. they were mouldy at the time. Someone didn't pitch them to you as mouldy fish. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but no, it sounds interesting. It's, I'm a big fan of games that make you sort of think and question stuff. I, I'm all for like big entertainment experiences, but quite like games that are like that just sort of like yeah, you know, like films. You like some films that make you think about stuff, and some that just action romps uh, i'm all for there being more games like this because yeah, it's uh, seemingly very few it's, it's yeah it's quite yeah. calm well most of the time like it had it paces itself fairly well in that it kind of ebbs and flows you'll be you'll have sort of very little to do and then suddenly you know a deadline will approach and you realize that you need to that you suddenly have loads and loads of tasks that you need to do and it's all of them it's, and it gets very very yeah. sort of frantic and the pressure builds. Uh, but no, I definitely recommend it. Cool. Uh, awesome. Well, let's talk about something else then. That seems well covered. Everyone should have a look at that. And like I said, check out the review when it drops. Um, this is sort of semi-old news, but I I only recently noticed it a couple of days ago, uh, that Ubisoft are potentially having a Netflix series. And that got me thinking, A, I wonder what it'll be, and B, what other game series would make good TV shows? What do you think, George? I I've read somewhere that that the um, rabbits, Raven rabbits, the rain. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, what's what are they called? The rabid yeah, rabbits. rabbits. <laughs> uh, those things <laughs> and that, and uh, Assassin's Creed are taken off the table. So it's going to be looking at something like um, Watch Dogs or Far Cry or Splinter Cell. I suppose Far Cry could make sense. Maybe. I don't know, like, oh, I, I'm almost slightly against games being turned into TV series. And and part of it's just because, so far, games that have tried to cross into film and TV haven't gone super well. Yeah. But the other part of me is that I think that it then just locks in companies to that franchise. Yeah. And I think that perhaps, and I think, so if they, if they, you know, if they launch a game and then they bring out the TV series, and it does reasonably well, then it's like we'll bring out another game because, yeah, and you just end up like, and you could end up with just a complete overload of the franchise. Yeah, to be fair, that if there was ever a games company that was locked into franchises, it would be Ubisoft. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, like, it's Ubisoft, so. They just don't want to let any no, of them die. How many just, Assassin's like, Creed games? This might be people going, we've, we've had enough, we've had our fill. <laughs> You're not Nintendo. You cannot get away with this. <laughs> nothing is that vastly different to warrant hundreds of games that are essentially the same. But. I don't know, maybe, maybe the Assassin's Creed film will be 
good and I'll uh, yeah I think that's probably why there won't be a series of it so I don't uh, yeah I don't have my I don't have particularly high hopes for it uh, I don't know I it I mean there's been some good like game films like I enjoyed the Prince Third one for example that one was good and I can see the Assassin's Creed one being that in a similar style ish so yeah that's my opinion on it anyway yeah as so I, I I just became slightly disillusioned with the Assassin's Creed storyline oh yeah I I don't so I'm I, interested to see what they they yeah. choose to keep for the film what is the Assassin's Creed storyline I, I I've played four of the games I want to say maybe yeah four of them um, yeah so I played uh, the original two three and four and i cannot for the life of me tell you what the storyline is for any of them apart from you're an assassin and you kill people that's pretty much just yeah i think that's pretty uh, it like it got very convoluted like yeah templars and assassins and don't like each other there were the templars and assassins fighting over these artifacts from an ancient civilization members of whom were like somehow were talking to the assassins and templars because they were the that was Juno and the gods. Yeah. I don't know, and then it all kind of it seemed like they'd all kind of dropped that for Thor. Uh, but I haven't played past Black Flag. Yeah, so. that's that is that is Black Flag four. But from what I've heard, they just kind of have ignored yeah. it. But there's they're not numbered series, so it, they seem to have just sort of. I don't know. I have no idea. I just want them to make a proper pirate game because the pirating in Black Flag is the best thing Assassin's Creed has ever yeah, done, I, as far as I'm concerned. I always thought that it would be much more enjoyable if they cut out the sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And it was simply there are assassins, there are Templars, they have different ideologies, and they're fighting. Yeah, because yeah, the bits in between are you just sort of wandering around and like talk to a couple of people before going back in the machine I never said why <laughs> even does that even make like no i mean i can sort of see as from parts of them they have to make a coherent story but most of the plot takes place in the past stuff anyway so i don't think there's any benefit to having it having like the dual plot lines because one of them's a bit shit and one of them's well, <laughs> neither of them are very. I've I never enjoyed either of them, but at least one of them I get to be a pirate. In. That's that. True. So, what what do you think? Do you have any ideas for games that would make good TV series? Uh, I think that the Ratchet and Clank series. I know they did a film of it recently, but there's like a lot more other stuff. I think it'd suit better as a TV series. A big Ratchet and Clank fan. Did you see the films? I, no, I, I haven't done, it. but I've seen clips of it, and I played the new game, which is basically the film. So it's got like okay. bit, it's got clips from the film, and it's the same story. So, but I, I I just think that it would work better as a TV series because the because I think the game felt rushed because it was trying to ape the film, like follow the same like uh, pacing as the film would. So it it didn't feel yeah. like it had enough time to expand on certain things and like explore subplots as much as, it, as other games in the series have done so I feel like it because it's about like it's like a, a buddy film basically but it didn't have enough time to sort of it's, it felt very rushed did the game and from what I've seen reviews of the film it's a similar story of like it felt rushed and a lot not a lot not the same sort of spirit as the older games in the series yeah. Uh, talking about us uh, going back to the Ubisoft thing, though, other things they could do, I suppose, they might do uh, either Far Cry or The Division. It could be either of those, I reckon. They would both those would make okay TV series. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think like I guess I think Far Cry has the strongest like villains of all of them, so it's that's at least interesting. That's I mean that's that's true. Um... The the protagonists are always like 
Well, really yeah, that's, that's yeah, interesting villains, but like irritating protagonists. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, there is, there is a far, there is a, I think there is actually a Far Cry film. Is there? I had no idea. Yeah, I don't. I think it was related to the. It was it was it was related to the first one. Um, right. I, I'm. Yeah, there is. It's oh, called right. Far Cry. I, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, it came out in. Yeah, it came out in two thousand and eight. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Two thousand and eight English language German action film adapted from the video game oh, of wow. the same name. Nice. Um, well, there you go. Though so it only received a three point one <laughs> on IMDb, so I guess they can only That's go up. That's true. That is pretty bad. There's nothing wrong with a bad film, though. Quite enjoy watching a bad film every now and again. I don't know. I think that there is something incredibly vid like. I don't know how how exciting a film it would be because like the Far Cry games are so video gamey in their storyline that like as it is show up at a place there is a boss at the end I suppose shoot up the whole place and then get yeah. to the boss yeah I don't know I don't know I, I it's a weird they're a weird team to like have a uh, a TV series for a game because like I think it's nice when they have like a a TV series about something else or like a sub film that comes off like a like a spin-off and things like that because they kind of expand on the universe a bit more so you see things like that you maybe you've heard in reference but not like seen like uh did the new harry potter films the beasts amazing beasts or whatever they're called yeah that's uh, the fantastic one fantastic beasts yes there we are one. yeah so because we kind of heard about it through the books and the films and we know of america in them so it's nice to see like the another part of the like the possible world sort of brought to life and explored a bit more but i i can't think of any yeah actually that, way like, that these could happen i think that's that probably be the best way to do it would be to rather than adapt a video game or take existing video game characters and stories would just be to do a tv series about the kind of expanded yeah, world yeah i mean have maybe have a cameo from some from people who from the games but yeah make it more about like filling in the blanks of this universe that they've that the games are about but i can't think of any ubisoft uh, games that I'd, I'd be interested in in doing that for so uh yeah <laughs> um no anything <laughs> trying to think what it's called i was, I was, gonna, I was gonna suggest the uh the motor that the uh what's it the motocross game just an hour each week of motocross oh things. yes i know what you mean yeah oh <laughs> that'd be good what's it called um I, I i don't know i'm i can't think of any games apart from Watch Dogs and far cry now that ubisoft have made i'm just a quick google let's have a quick quick google of ubisoft games ubisoft games trials that's what's called a trials game it's just 40 minutes oh, there you of, go. Yeah. Of, a, of a silent man driving around <laughs> on a bike um yeah Uh, uh, well, no, like I guess you could have a Watch Dogs series, but I feel like it would, it would be a bit like Mr. Robot, and perhaps not quite as good. Yeah, um, it's a bit more actiony though. Mr. Robot, I find so depressing that something that's kind of got that sort of like King Edge to it might be interesting. That's not quite as. <laughs> it is quite depressing, is, is Mr. Robot. It's not just me that finds it like that, is it? Find it. Whenever I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh god, I can't watch this in a bad mood. Yeah, no, it's not too. I find it just like it's the most depressingly depressing TV series. Mm. I've only seen the first series, but it was not a, it wasn't a. And the second one is is even more depressing. Um, what about you? What what series would you? I don't know. Like, I think perhaps maybe like if you're doing expanded lore, just maybe like take like an RPG and set it in the world. Yeah. Because you could do like, well, like Elder Scrolls has like, because there's this sort of yeah. split, split uh, across like that. That could be interesting. <coughs> yeah, you could set it sort of Elder Scrolls, uh, Mass Effect, like, you know, as like a prequel TV series. Mm. Might be alright. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think partly it feels like it. I think the problem with TV is that you would need such a huge budget to get the same level of effects and stuff that you can just do in a video game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because like I don't know how I'd feel about a Mass Effect TV series if the if the aliens all had like slightly dodgy costumes. Yeah, I I I don't think that would be a problem because if you think of the studio behind it, they'd assume it is going to do well, so they'd be able to put more money into it. Well, I don't know, like, because I mean, like, the audience would be, and well, the initial audience would just be a, like a gaming audience. You wouldn't have the widespread I appeal. I don't know. I think you would still would have like a big, a widespread appeal. Because even if you've not, if it's a big franchise, obviously, even if you're not specifically someone who uh, plays those games, you'll have heard of it and you might still be interested in seeing a. Yeah, like I think I think it'd be interesting to see if you set like if you did a Mass Effect one, was it just setting it. During the what's it the contact wars when the humans discover faster than light travel. I I'm gonna confess that I've actually only ever played about 15 hours of Mass Effect One and didn't like it, so I've never played any uh, of it. It's but yeah, so it's sort of set before right. Mass Effect One. I'm not actually sure how long before, but it's like when when they discover that there's a whole universe. I think they find a a mass right. relay oh, okay. and uh, show up somewhere else and in typical colonial fashion go to war with the inhabitants <laughs> oh that is what Ubisoft should make into a TV series Beyond Good and Evil number two is coming out at some point so a TV series bridging the two would actually make good sense okay well, so what I, I don't actually I mean I know of it because that's the one with the woman and the pig yeah, the cover. yeah so she's a journalist yeah. photographer lady and it's about like intergalactic politics it's a very interesting game that's never been sort of successfully had an imitation done of it It, so a lot of the things you do you'll kind of okay it's from it's a ps2 game from the era of like the third person 3d platforms pretty much but the with the like like in the time of like original jack and daxter uh sly 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 raccoon sly whatever yeah Sly Cooper, Sly there Cooper. we are, yeah. So like, and like Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that. So those sort of like three D platform puzzlers for the PS2. But also you a lot of the things you do, you take photographs of stuff as you're going through. So you'll take because you you are a journalist in it. Yeah, yeah. So you're going through doing things that you would normally be doing as a reporter. So you'll be trying to uncover a conspiracy in the game. I don't know much about the second one, apart from very brief sort of screenshots and stuff but I think that would be a good good TV series because yeah, actually, the original was so long could, ago it could be interesting. if they've just remade the game as a TV series they would catch people up to what where the second one's at because it's, it's a long time between well the I mean there was um, did you ever see that film oh, I can't remember what it's called it was, I think it was called it might be called Gamer or Game I don't think so no it was it had uh Uh, what's his name? The Scottish actor that plays uh, Leonidas. Uh, I know who you mean. Yeah, I know who you mean. I'm terrible he, with names, he, but I know who you mean. Yeah, him. And I think the idea was that video game. So I mean, it's not not it's not a direct video game film, but it's, I guess a film about sort of dystopian future video games where, like, if you're playing Call of Duty, you're controlling a real person in. Like an arena. I I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I remember the TV, the TV, the film now. I've yeah, and, you're, and then you so, mean. and they're all convicts, or I can't remember what, for whatever reason, they're yeah. So they are the avatars of the people, and they and they just get controlled by the players, and then he yeah. sort of breaks free. Actually, but it wasn't very good. So, <laughs> That's another poor example. Where were you going with that? I don't know. <laughs> I just suddenly remembered it and was like, oh, I have a point about that, but I did. I did <laughs> <laughs> um, Bioshock might make quite would make quite a decent TV series. Yeah, because there's quite a lot of expanded universe that could stuff they could do there, isn't there? Yeah, or I think or even just do another setting. Though I guess it is all it's all quite nicely wrapped up. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but they still it, I mean, kind we'll, of... or set it in Rapture before it all broke down. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, and before then... everything went to crap. So like, a, what happened to make it get to this point? Because it's, be it's quite a nice. Um, you know, it's a, it's a quite an interesting world, and there's always there's always tension and a big reveal. So I think that'd be yeah, be that would be a good one. Cool. No, there's a. I think it's hard actually. I was I thought it'd be easy to think of 
game series that make good TV shows without just remaking the game as a TV series. Because it's not... I can't think of as many that have sort of a universe that has things that need that should be expanded beyond sort of big RPGs. Yeah. Well, if you're listening others. and you have any ideas, please, uh, I guess, tweet us or message us yeah, in some way. Uh, yes. Yeah. Comment section or whatever. Something. Let us know your thoughts. Um, we're going to move briskly onwards to uh, ah, board games as our third and final discussion topic of the day um yeah because there's, there's nobody else here to but fall Nelly, asleep we're a, or we're a video we're a video game podcast <laughs> we're, uh, uh, we're a games podcast right we're as of now <laughs> we're, we're broadened <laughs> uh, so yeah we're gonna have, we'll have a board game section because why not <laughs> what sort of what games have you been playing recently george i know you're into x-wing do you want to tell people about X-Wing? Sure. Um, I think... So X-Wing is a, it's a miniatures game which involves buying lots of small plastic models to put on a table and buy other people's small plastic models. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... The, so it's, um, Star, it's a Star Wars game. Uh, basically, it simulates all of the, uh, the sort of space battles uh, that you see in the films on a sort of small sort of dogfight, dogfighting scale between... Uh, well, X-wings, as the as the game is called, and Tie Fighters, and a whole load of other other ships from the films, and then uh, all the expanded universe stuff, some of which is now Legends, and some of the more recent stuff from Rebels. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think the game came out about four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing about a year, but I think uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think it's now the biggest miniatures game in the world and i think it's supplanted warhammer really wow yeah well, i think it everywhere, it's, um, i uh there's been a massive growth recently or semi-recently with the with the release of the films i know loads of people got into the game oh yeah yeah but i think part of it is that there's a relatively low cost to entry i mean it's yeah, still it's still expensive but you don't um, have to but it's not you can field so uh a, a sort of a squadron at the uh, standard point limit. So generally, you you build a certain number of ships to a hundred points, and so each ship has a cost, and then you put upgrades that have a cost on those ships, and you take a hundred points worth of ships. But you're able to get sort of a reasonable hundred point squadron for a relatively low amount of money. Whereas if you were playing Warhammer and you need like a sort of two thousand point list. It's yeah, it's because you it's need a lot like of money, lots of little miniatures to fill up your squadron or whatever your army. Whereas in this, you from yeah, what I've I mean, seen of tournament play, you have maybe four ships. Yeah, so like three. I mean, yeah, three like three shi- three small ships would be is is pretty is pretty standard. Um, yeah, and so that you know that can save you know, like the corset comes with. Uh, you get two TIE Fighters and an X-Wing. And annoyingly, that's probably my biggest criticism of the Corsair, is that it's a it's a tasty appetizer, but it doesn't uh, it yeah. really like satisfy you because it is designed to just get you into the game. It doesn't work, yeah, no, I, it doesn't work super I, well as a standalone thing. Yeah, no, I don't think it does. Because I, I got the, the Corsair um, for something last year. It wasn't my birthday and it wasn't Christmas. I can't remember why now. For some reason, last year someone bought it for me, um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's okay, but it does definitely need more ships to make it more interesting. Cause... yeah, because that's the thing with with the core set, you get one X wing and sort of two Tie Fighters, and it's fine. Like it's not that exciting because you're sort of moving around the board, and you don't have a huge amount of upgrades to play with. Mm. Uh, but once you start adding more things in, and you play it. Uh, sort of standard hundred point games. It gets it gets really it gets gets really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the general idea of the game is that uh, you have your ships, and each ship has can do certain maneuvers. And so you have a set of uh, templates. So you might have all cardboard rectangles that you know one might be uh, that represent different speeds uh, or yeah. also turns. And so you assign you have a little dial. You dial in a maneuver, and you assign, 
put it face down next to your ship, and then uh, you one by one you resolve your ships. So you you reveal a maneuver, and it says it's going to go one straight, and you take the little one straight cardboard template, and you put it in front of the ship, and then you move the ship forward, uh, or you you perhaps turn turn around. And basically, you're just trying to move your ships so that you can point them at the enemy ships, and then you get to roll some dice and see if they blow up. Yeah, because you you move in a specific order, and then you all attack in the opposite way that you moved. Yeah, right? so every so you, as well as choosing your ship, you choose the pilot that's in your ship. So yeah, you might have some Tie Fighters that are academy pilots, so they're sort of fresh out of training, flying against uh, Poe Dameron and his X-wing. Yeah, and so the academy pilots have the lowest pilot that's it's called pilot skill. And it's basically a number yeah. from 1 to 9. And when you move your ships, you move them in ascending pilot skill. So the worse you are, the earlier you move. Uh, and then when you resolve who gets to shoot first, uh, higher pilot skills, shoot first, and then uh, descending. But basically it means that the TIE fighters move, and then Poe might get to move, and then he might get to do an action that lets him reposition his ship. And yeah, because he knows where the enemies are because they've moved, he can reposition to uh, improve his position. Well, yeah, get a better shot. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, but it's, yeah, no, it's I a really, the... it's, a, it's quite a simple game to pick up, uh, and you, it scales quite well. Like you can, like if you're teaching, you can go, okay, well, we're just going to worry about maneuvering and shooting, and then perhaps next game you add in the next layer of rules. Yeah, and that's then interesting. The next one. And because it's yeah. a point system, you can go, oh, well, we're going to play really simple, like, 20-minute beginner game with what's in the core set, and then jump into another one. Let's uh, kind of yeah. expand. No, that sounds good. I, I like the um, the sort of dial system, where you, you all just sort, you all put in what manoeuvres you want to do, and then flip over and you see, oh, crap, we've crashed into each other or something yeah. <laughs> or, or um oh no i've moved myself to the opposite end i thought you were going to go over there i think that's a really interesting simulation of like the yeah like, no, it's, what's great is you um so each ship has a a unique dial so you know it might be able, it might be really good at going fast but can't go doesn't have very many slow maneuvers yeah um and so as you sort of play the game more you you end up you sort of you'll kind of learn all the dials on all the different ships. And so it gets this really interesting game of you're looking at your opponent and you know that, oh, okay, if he, you know, you can rule out certain moves because, you know, if he does a, a turn, he'll fly into a rock. And if he does a something, he'll he'll likely bump. And so you end up with this kind of, yeah, it's, it's really interesting kind of, yeah, figure, trying to figure out what your opponent's doing and trying to dial in the correct move. Uh, and it's a bit like... I don't know, I imagine sort of, at, you know, very high-level chess, you kind of know all of the potential moves that could happen. Yeah. But X-Wing, but, and obviously in chess there's far more variables, whereas in X-Wing there's far fewer variables. Mm. And so as you get better, you, you get this really nice appreciation for kind of what's about to happen. And so it's yeah. quite nice thinking. Yeah, because I think there's a level, isn't there, with, with games like this, at a certain point you know the game as well as you're going to know it. Yeah. The rest of it is comes down to you sort of playing the person, so you try to like faint and guess what they're gonna do, and uh, there's always yeah, a level with of, like, like, the... this sort of competitive play where you kind of go beyond like using techniques from the game and start trying to like out just more just outwitting a person rather than yeah, sort of. I, I mean, there's really still sort of like I mean, I wouldn't say that the you know it's not like poker or. Uh, I would say that there's not a huge element of bluffing, but sometimes you might, you, you know, you, you do start to sort of learn the player slightly, which kind of feeds into the game. Yeah, well, we're not bluffing, but like yeah. leading them into a trap, or like so you 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 end up having them chase you across the the board for a bit, and then you've got you, one of your other ships can do a maneuver that like yeah nicely perhaps. gets it wedged in yeah, behind yeah. or something. Um, so. Also, what's really nice though is the the miniatures are all pre-painted. So, if you've oh, never yes. if yeah. you've never got into Warhammer because you didn't you know you didn't you weren't you didn't think you were very good at painting or any of the other miniature yeah. games, all the miniatures are you know they come pre-assembled, 
pre-painted and they look lovely so even if you're not they, they do they do they're on my yeah. shelf yeah actually. even if you're not playing the game like i yeah. I know lots of people that just keep the miniatures on the shelf because they're great to look at yeah no they are nice i do keep meaning to have like a proper game of it with someone but i don't actually know anyone who plays it near me well that's um, that's what i think is i mean that's what i found is that the game just has a really big community like i've played mm. All over the place. I've played played at university, played in London, played uh, down here in Sussex, kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah. And often I'll just go on Facebook and find a find a local group. Mm. And so I've just shown up to loads of random uh, excellent groups. But every like every group I've been to has always been incredibly friendly. And yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's nice. the thing. Also, I think is it's a huge plus for the game is that there is a, a large and immensely friendly community. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, it's pretty easy to find games pretty much wherever. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing I found um, with Netrunner is that like everyone's always so nice. You just like there's a group in Leeds that I go to occasionally, and they're they're always like I go so infrequently sometimes, and I'm often a few sets behind and stuff because life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're always nice, and it's always good to have a couple of matches, and it's no, yeah. I think yeah. that it's it's a nice thing about board game communities. They're always lovely. <laughs> I've never been to anywhere board game related and had any sort of antagonism or people be a dick. Yeah, I've had ever. that. And I think it's it's partly because it's easy because you you know you don't you're not you're purely there to play board games and so you you don't need to worry so much about <laughs> having like a normal social interaction with people because you just go like oh, I'm just playing a board game. Yeah, Chat yeah. About that. It's you a... don't need to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so that's cool. Right, I'll tell you about a game I played recently. Um, so I played a fake artist goes to New York a couple of days ago, and this is a much more low key game than the one you've just explained. What comes in the box is you get some coloured pens, some paper, and then some uh, whiteboard ish sort of. Uh, little squares that you can write on. So what you do is is you have one person and they pick a topic of something that people are going to draw, which could be a lion, uh, a house, anything, whatever that comes into their head. They'll write write it down on the whiteboard thing, pass it out to everyone, except they'll have one that's just blank. And the person who gets the blank one is the fake artist. Okay. And what that means is that they have no idea what they should be drawing. So, whereas in Pictionary, where you might all have do your own drawing, in this, everyone's contributing to the same picture. So, you'll have each person will take it in terms to do a line for the drawing. So, if there's a line for the house, they might start by drawing a wall. And I pass it on to the next person who might start doing the roof. And then when it gets to the fake artist, they've got to try and not let on that they have no idea what they should be drawing. <laughs> so, if they, if it's sort of half. So you, at the moment, you say doing the house, you've got a line up and then a sort of diagonal line for the roof. They could then, maybe they are really on the ball and they're like, that is definitely a house. But if they're anything like me, they're going to have absolutely no idea what this is. <laughs> so they're going to do a really tiny line off the bottom one that just goes to the left a little bit. <laughs> and they're going to pass it to the next person. And the next person is going to look at them like, are they they have no idea what this is, or are they just trying not to give it away to whoever the fake artist artist is? It's a really interesting sort of because I'm terrible at drawing. I I would never profess to be good at drawing, um, but this game doesn't matter. Like in Pictionary, because I'm not very good at drawing, you can sort of attempt to do something can come up, and you'd be like, how. How do I convey this with my very limited artistic talent? <laughs> Whereas in this, you just sort of, because a lot of this, nothing's generally nothing's overly difficult to draw because everybody's got to take it in terms to draw a line, and you try to work out who the the liar is in the room, basically. That I've never had anything come up that's I've gone. I don't know even how to draw this as one of the supposed regular <laughs> yeah. artists. Whereas, because and, and as the fake artist, whatever you're faced with it's really hard to figure out what it is like how do you guess what a house uh, guess something's a house from just one line and then a diagonal one you have to just sort of guess as to what should be coming next 
Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It's a so lot does, of fun. So does the person who's handing out the whiteboards choose the person that's um, going to be the No, it's oh, randomised. So it's just sort of shuffled and then passed out. That's probably my only criticism is like that one person doesn't get to be the... Uh, doesn't get to actually play in like the in like the rules. They kind of have to... They pick the topic and then they sort of sit there. Oh, so, they, um, so they're just out of the game. Yeah, I don't quite get that. When odd. we played it, we just played it as one person is always just not the fake artist, and then you just pass it round because otherwise it just seems silly. Could you not? Like ha- could they not way. just have like a like a deck of yeah, cards? Yeah, I, I felt like they could have just had like a deck of cards that had like a bunch of random things on, but they don't. Which again seems like a bit of a shame, but not a huge criticism because, like I said, we just just sort of house ruled it as. It starts I guess with that, one person picks yeah. a topic and it just goes around clockwise. And if you've been in a group of about six, then you know that one of the other five is going to be the fake artist. So it's not a huge deal. I don't know. Well, actually, that was the thing I found with, with Spyfall, <laughs> uh, which everyone doesn't know is a very similar game. But you're all. You're just. People are just uh, talking to each other and they're all in a shared location. But one person, yeah. so the equivalent of the fake artist, doesn't know where everyone is. And it's trying to yeah. figure out where everyone is. So, like you're drawing a house, you might all be on a on a ship, but the one person doesn't know you're on a ship. Yeah, and is desperately oh, trying that... to hold 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 the conversation. Yeah, uh, and sound like they know where they are. Absolutely, it has some brilliant like because in that you ask somebody a question and they have to answer it. Yeah. Um. So, so you could be on a submarine, and you ask someone, "So, uh, how long have you been here?" And the person answers with about about ten minutes or something. And you're like, we're in a submarine in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they, they, they must be the uh, they must be the spy. However, they could also be the diver because what Spyfall does is each card has a role on it. Everybody's assigned yeah, a specific to, thing. So like in the yeah, so like in the school, you can have people who are the teachers or the students or uh, I can't think of what other ones are in the school. Like the, the the cleaners and some yeah. and stuff. So you'll have like really weird answers that all come back. And you're like, what are they the spy or who are they meant to be? <laughs> I, I love Spy Four. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, what was it? it was One just because I was saying that like I guess not having the decks of cards was because the issue with Spy Four was that organizing the game was an absolute nightmare because you'd have you'd have to try and randomize location by drawing a deck of cards that would. Like nine cards. Oh yeah. Eight of yeah. which say pirate ship, and one says spy. Yeah. And just like the organization of the game was horrible because you could end up just with these. Like if all the cards got mixed up, it was it was horrible. I suppose didn't know it's not come with. Mine came with like a load of little bags, and they just spent like ten minutes when it came just putting them all into the different little bags. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think it's because I played. I I only. I played it at a, at a board game cafe, and so I think it had oh, been right. slightly ruined. Oh, yeah. But actually, even worse organisationally was that I, I played it way back when it was, uh, like, you could get the free print-and-play version. And oh, okay. I, I committed myself to printing the whole thing out and right. oh, uh, yes. playing. But actually, because I, I think it was for... I can't remember. I feel like I was, I was hosting a party, and I was like, I'm going to get a massive game of Spyfall going. Because I think it's only it's only up to nine or eight players, I think. Something like that, yeah. But um, uh, but so, so I was like, okay, well, because it's the print and play version, I can edit it, and so I ended up adding in roles, so that yeah. we had like fifteen player player games of Spyfall, just because I had, had, had added in like six roles to to each location. Yeah, I think one time I house ruled it, we just added in an extra spy. Um, because I think we were just like one person over and we just thought just that'd be quite interesting actually because then I guess you have spies competing to try and figure out yeah where they are so you have spies asking each other questions and neither of them has a clue where they are <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny um, but yeah I th- it worked okay I wouldn't say it was perfect and I think it the base the normal game works better but as a good mod if you've got just one more person than than it would allow. I think it worked adequately. Um, but yeah, no, Fake Artist, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
It's very good. It sounds like it sounds good. like a perfect game for like Christmas Day. Oh, it so will be. Yeah, I'm definitely it's definitely on my Christmas Day list of things to bring. It's yeah, it's one of those games that's easy to teach, funny to play, and it doesn't take long to get through. It's kind of a perfect Christmas Day thing. No, I'll, I'll uh, have to pick that up. Yeah, it's good. It's really small as well. I kept thinking it was going to be come in a bigger box than it did, and it's about it's like I said, it's smaller than my phone. <laughs> it's a tiny really? box. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because all that's it comes nice. in is a bunch of coloured pens and paper, and then there's whiteboard bits. Yeah, I hate, that's the thing. Um, I always find like I hate opening up board game boxes, and sometimes there'll be like still small boxes. But you open it up, and there's you know, like there's a tiny deck of cards in there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then it takes so up maybe space. a quarter of the space in the box. The rest of which yeah, is just well, like cardboard filler. Yeah. Well, I got uh, Mashikoro a while back, which is a sort of dice rolling town building game. It's like SimCity if SimCity had dice. Um, and that is literally it's a deck of cards, two dice, and then some uh, some like coins, some cardboard coins. And the box is it's about about the size of a piece of A4 and then about maybe four inches tall. It was there's no need for it to be that big. I've got both the expansions. Uh, and I just keep it in one of the expansion boxes and it, even then the expansion boxes are much too big. Like sometimes you just think, why is <laughs> this is enormous? Why is it so big? Um I kinda see why, because like marketing and stuff uh, they want you to see it in the game shop, but it's annoying. I hate dead space in a board game box. Mm. I'm very limited on space in general, so when I get something, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's probably ball games. So much they take up room. so much space, you, like yeah, sp- like shelf space becomes a real premium. Yeah, it does. It does. I have a a chest that's a coffee table chest, and that's my ball game box, but it's steadily filling up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, when you get something like that, you just end up the other box just becomes storage elsewhere. I mean, I think there's something quite satisfying and almost zen about arranging board games. Yeah. Like, like just making them all fit. Yeah. And you get it just right, and it's really satisfying. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so um, I think that sort of concludes our board game section. Might do one of those every now and again, just sort of bring up a game that we recommend that's interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But we'll sign off for it. bring them into the uh, cult of cardboard yeah absolutely both those excellent choices and both really different so if either of them sound interesting to you give them a look up um yeah so uh thank you for listening uh this is if you've captured this podcast not uh with the website attached you can find us at gamertime.co.uk or follow us on twitter at gamertimeuk you can follow me personally at Nevada HM and you, George, are. Uh, I'm at underscore scruffy looking. Super. Right. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah, uh, feel free to message us with any thoughts on the podcast, whether you have ideas for a TV show or you want to recommend us some board games. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget to do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.